show. Obviously, you're not a golfer. What kind of beer do you like? Heineken! Fuck that shit! Pops Blue Ribbon! You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. So what's the problem? I don't know. Money, 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 money! I drink your milkshake! I drink it up! Son of a bitch. Stole mine. You're a cantaloupe. <laughs> And we're back. WTM, watch this movie. I am your host, Eric Mulder. Eric, he is a bad, bad man. Joining me once again, we have Mr. Wolfie T back in the house. What's going on? It's uh, it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> that it is. I, I missed the eclipse. Wait for the wolf who should be coming directly. You send in the wolf? You missed Total Eclipse of the Heart? I heard that's the number one song in iTunes. <laughs> I got a I got a news alert about that. She was uh gonna perform that song today during the eclipse. That song came out in nineteen eighty three. <laughs> Fun fact. That's what the news alert said. So it came out in eighty three. We talked about her on another podcast. She sang a, a song uh that was used in some eighties action movies in a I need a hero. Yeah, Doritos really? commercial. Yeah, Paramount, before like their movies, when they showcase other Paramount films you could buy in VHS, it was set to that song. So it would be like uh, Witness and uh, God, what was uh, Clear and Present or uh, Patriot Games. It was a bunch of like Harrison Ford stuff. Yeah. And then like other Paramount properties. Was, I need a hero. It was like one of my favorite promos ever. It used to give me pumped all the time watching paramount vhs tapes i was disappointed with witness i don't think i've actually seen it it's about a uh, amish boy who witnesses a murder mm-hmm. and then harrison ford has to protect him so that yeah. he doesn't get killed because yeah, it doesn't go into like the amish community and yeah yeah he lives with the amish for like an hour and a half of the movie <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i was a little disappointed because it it was pretty well reviewed. Hmm. You don't say. Well, I just did. So. <laughs> you uh, you want to just get the mic a little closer to you? I don't know if I can. Oh, there you go. It's right up in there. Now. Oh yeah, that's a, you got to get it right up in there. We well, should have tested first. No, that'll be fine. We're just gonna wing it. That's that's what we do here at WTM. Like like Winger singing about doing it with seventeen year olds. Remember that song? No. Who who the fuck's Winger? Kip Winger. He used to do like pirouettes and shit when he played. It was an eighties rock band, hair metal. Mm. Don't know him. She's only seventeen. 17. Oh, okay. That song. I, I know that song. Yeah. Him and Rick James singing about seventeen year olds. Ah. <laughs> uh. R. Kelly just picked up the mantle, took it. <laughs> That's too old for R. Kelly. <laughs> yeah, probably. Although now he's got all those like 18, 19, 20 year olds that are like barely legal. That's true. He's keeping yeah, them in the house. 
They're a sex cult. <laughs> Allegedly. They're all there on their own volition. <laughs> Except for, you know, when they get uh, too old and R. Kelly retires them, then they get pissed. <laughs> Go to the media. Yep. So, film news. Well, today is the 21st of August. We were going to do these episodes last week. I had to tend to some family issues, some bad news like health-wise with the family. So we postponed uh, the Animal Kingdom one with Jones and I. And then uh, when you were going to come over and do Predator, a semi decided to flip over and start on fire on the freeway a couple miles from my house. So... Yeah, the, it was a yeah. big, huge traffic clusterfuck. Yeah, and, uh, when you told me about that, I turned on the news to see if they're talking about it, and they weren't. But they're talking about a shooting at the Verizon store in my town, <laughs> where the uh, the uh, the clerk shot two uh, would-be robbers. Yeah, because he had a concealed carry permit, right? Yeah, he took one guy down, the other guy got away, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Just when you think you live in a safe neighborhood. <laughs> the Verizon store gets <laughs> shut up. Guess I'll have to go to a different Verizon store next time I upgrade. Apparently. Just to be safe. <laughs> Either that or just go to that one because they know not to, to fuck with it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're recording this episode and then Predator. And then Jones and I will do Animal Kingdom next week. And then we'll probably do Jaws next week. Also, our uh, 100th episode is coming up. You got something special for that? I don't know. We might combine that with the Jaws, or we might have uh, kind of a regular mini-ep, episode 100. Reminisce <laughs> on times past. We'll do a best of. You'll go through your, all your uh, 99 other episodes and pull out the best lines. Yeah. <laughs> Cut them together. Because that'll be easy and quick. (laughs) Definitely. Not that I have enough on my plate with fixing the website. You know, if we average like an hour and 10 minutes per episode, you know, that's 990 minutes. (laughs) Or is it? Times 60. 9,900 minutes. Is that how it works? I don't know. Yeah, I've been changing a lot of the, some of the stuff on the website with the film rating section. I've had to change it twice in the past week. Because the formatting was all off on this one page we chose. So we had to start from scratch again. So if you looked at it last week and you're like, hey, this is new. They switched it around a little bit. Well, now it's new again as of last night. And it's not, you know, we're constantly working on it, adding more titles. We'll probably put like little one to three sentence, little, not a synopsis, but like a consensus of like why it's placed here or rated this high or this low that type of thing but we're probably going to get pump up the titles to around a thousand before we start writing on all of them which brett doesn't have to worry about because he's never even been on the website maybe once or twice maybe once or twice not a not not a frequent visitor yeah he doesn't want to be a fish oh fish not a fish Film news. Not all that much to speak of. So Twitter was a frenzy yesterday of the news of Josh, uh, or sorry, Joss Whedon, his uh, ex-wife, wrote an article or an expose. I don't even know what you want to call it, but 
don't know if it was for the rap or it was all over Twitter that they divorced a couple of years ago. They were separated, I think, for a couple of years before that. But they were married for around 15 years, and he had multiple affairs with multiple women that he admitted to her when they were breaking up. It started on the set of Buffy, and then it just continued throughout. And she was talking about how he's a fraud. You know, he's a big proponent of feminism. You know, he's known, at least some people really consider him to be a strong writer of independent female characters. Um, other people have, you know, he's judging by Twitter. A lot of people are like, oh, I've always known is he can't write strong women characters. It's always bullshit, you know, blah, blah, blah. So she's talking about he's a big hypocrite and uh, people thinking about giving awards for feminism or things like that. Should think twice. You know, he's a big fraud, that type of thing. So everyone's up in arms about Joss uh, Whedon and people are now are kind of demanding that he be taken off of directorial duties for Batgirl, probably writing duties too. Because he's writing, he's supposed to be writing and directing that. I don't understand why, why would they take him off because of having affairs while he was married, which the marriage is now ended. What does that have to do with him writing a movie? Yeah. um... (laughs) (laughs) But it's true, like, you know, I don't know. He he cheated on her a bunch Mm -hmm. of times. Yeah. Big douche. So, so he's a piece of shit for that. But, like, if his, uh, you know, he's so into, like, women's rights and, you know, all this stuff. Like, one of the things is uh, the women have a choice to, to cheat with him. Like, yeah. do the do the people he cheated with not know that he's married? Like. I could see maybe for one or two cases, but that's got to be rare. I mean, they're working with him. They're working with other people that know him. Yeah. They should know he's married. Well, and I, I can't imagine, you know, in Hollywood, they bring their family to set a lot of times. I would think that his wife would visit him, you know, from time to time. Like, especially if he's doing a regular, like, TV gig where they're in the same studio every week. She talked about how she helped with certain decisions in his career and kind of helped him, was influential in his career. Yeah. And so she was involved in things. Right. So people had to have known. Now, you could also say, well, he's in a position of power. Um, Maybe a young woman, naive, trying to break into the business, maybe got taken advantage of a little bit. But they're also, they're supposed to be adults making adult decisions. Right. And if he Um, was doing that, if he was doing special favors for uh, sex, then, yeah, he's a real piece of shit. But if he's not doing that now, I mean, I don't understand why you got to take him off a a film project Mm -hmm. because he's not the best person, uh, you know, in his personal life. He's not faithful to his partner and whatnot. Yeah, I can see kind of their point when they're like, well, he's a fraud and that he's not a real champion of, you know, feminist rights. On the other hand, are you going to try and rewrite history and say that Buffy is a piece of shit show? Yeah, that does uh, does does nothing for feminism now. Well, that yeah, sort of thing. like, like I don't know what the, I don't know how far they really want to go with it. Like you praise him for all the stuff he does in his public life, and he he did all the right stuff, you know, in public for all these years, 
for feminism and and all that stuff and according to most people there's some know. who are still critical of his work but so yeah so he so he's a bit of a hypocrite but if his movies and tv shows are you know so well written and give a positive voice to female characters like what's to say he's not going to continue doing that yeah you know yeah i don't have a strong opinion either way about Batgirl because I really don't give a shit about Batgirl. I, I just don't care. It seems weird that they made a Batgirl movie in the first place. Oh, yeah, that they're going to? Or that they're going to. Uh, well, I mean, that's kind of a trend now. You know, they're trying to get more women involved, and the market is somewhat at least dictating that. You know, Wonder Woman is a big hit, so people yeah. are trying to jump on the bandwagon and get more, you know, female lead roles or female-led movies and whatnot. And it is a big uh, point of emphasis in Hollywood these days to, you know, have movies where you have female leads and minority leads and, you know, more diverse casts mm-hmm. um, to get a, you know, broader net um, across the box office as far as who's coming to see movies, you know, try to get more female uh, moviegoers and whatnot, so... Yeah, I mean, just like uh, Harley Quinn, very popular character. She's getting her own movie. Well, called I think Gotham City Sirens. It's supposed to be like a female Suicide Squad type of thing, where it's like all female villains. Like it's like her and Poison Ivy and like other like female characters like that. That could be interesting. I don't know, Batgirl. Like it doesn't do anything for me. I haven't I haven't seen much of Batgirl outside of maybe. Uh, what was she in Batman and Robin? Yeah. And then uh, maybe a few times on the old Adam West Batman show. Mm-hmm. But like. Just like, like Robin, it's not even just because she's a, a girl. It's I don't give a shit about Robin either. Right. I like Batman and Robin. I can take him or leave him. Because like Batgirl is basically a sidekick mm-hmm. who shows up, you know, from time to time when she's visiting her uncle Alfred. <laughs> so. I, I don't know. I think that would be a hard movie to to make her the the main character. I mean, I know there's a lot of comics out there that are just Batgirl and whatnot and have their own storylines and everything like that. But I'm just not familiar with it. But I know Batgirl has a lot of fans, just like a lot of female characters in comic book movies do. So they're just trying to bank or, uh, you know, make money off of that. Are they going to put her in the the next batman movie or are they just gonna have her no by herself because nobody knows what the hell's gonna go on with the new batman movie because it would make more sense if they introduced her in a different movie first and then spun yeah. it off of her own as opposed to here's batgirl you've never seen her in any of our other movies so yeah i don't think she's gonna be in justice league so yeah because that made more sense to have wonder woman be in Batman vs Superman and then get her own movie because you've already you know introduced the character got a little taste of it mm-hmm. and then you know you want more or some people want more it definitely was uh I think beneficial to Warner Brothers to put her in Batman vs Superman because um you know Batman vs Superman got a lot of negative press and negative reviews but pretty much everyone agreed that Wonder Woman was a strong point to that movie and so everyone, then people got really excited for the Wonder Woman movie. Right. 
and, and they could see how they're gonna, records. Yeah, they could see how they're going to portray Wonder Woman, and that they're going to be serious, and she was going to be a you know a badass character, and not you know some like uh, over sexualized Catwoman Halle Berry. Yeah, that type <laughs> of thing, or or the old Linda Carter TV show. You know, where mm-hmm. she's just wearing a, a skimpy outfit and, you know, running like a girl and using her lasso, real cheesy-like, mm-hmm. you know. So they knew it was going to be a serious character and a serious movie, so that really helped him out, I think. Yeah. I've liked some of Whedon's work a lot. Like, I liked Cabin in the Woods a whole hell of a lot. But um, Avengers, I like them. The movies, but I'm not blown away by him i've always thought he was kind of a little overrated um but at the same time i'm not because of this i'm not like ooh, i need to steer clear of everything joss whedon does there's plenty of people in hollywood that are pieces of shit that's just what happens well and yeah it's like him cheating on his wife is he's far from the first person to do that mm-hmm. in hollywood like that's pretty commonplace yeah and, Men and women. And that might be part of the reason why he felt enabled to do it, because it's so common amongst his peers that, you know, there's no real consequences usually. Um, I mean, I can't stand cheating. I've never cheated on anyone in my life. At the same time, I've never been put in a situation even close to what they do in Hollywood. Right. You're rich as fuck. You have a lot of influence, power, what have you. I'm not... In this hypothetical situation, I'm not sure what I'd be doing, directing, acting. There's a lot of different, you could have like certain positions can have different or more power or less power than others, that sort of thing. But I've never been put in a situation like that. So I can't just judge them and think I'm so high and mighty because I've never been put in a similar situation like that. And I don't know. I mean, plus they're divorced, right? So you always have to believe one person over the other yeah. whoever talks first basically like there's no there's no exaggeration whatsoever everything she says is the you know yeah and like the truth which i'm not saying it's not i'm just saying that men man or woman when these breakups happen not everything that comes out is true what did his wife do or what does she do do you know um she I know she had started her own production company as well, but she's into architecture, so she's getting back into that. Okay. According to her, you know, she went through a lot with the divorce. Um, she talks about how she was diagnosed diagnosed with like PTSD because of this, and she went through a lot of therapy and things like that. But I think she's trying to do like more architectural stuff now. Okay. So that's what she was, because like I said, she was involved with joss's work while he was while they were together influential helping out with that stuff so all right i don't think i've ever seen anything joss whedon has done to be honest you haven't seen either of the avengers no or cabin in the woods i haven't i i'd like to see cabin in the woods but it's been spoiled for me so i don't know if it'd (laughs) it'd be as good as if i didn't know what the twist at the end is i never watched buffy I didn't either. Or his other shows. No. But, you know, people always talk about how they love him and or those shows and whatnot. But Look at that one sci-fi show, didn't he, on Fox? What he was had that? a couple, like Firefly. Yeah, I think that's what I'm thinking of. And there was a movie for that. 
Serenity, I think. I think so. But yeah, I haven't, you know, none of his stuff really has appealed to me very much. Not mm-hmm. not enough to get me to watch it. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, if Warner Brothers caves to the pressure and replaces him with somebody else, I I really wouldn't care. Right. So I'm like, I'm not going to be <laughs> picketing outside of Warner Brothers. We need Joss Weed to direct Batgirl. He's the only person that could do it. Or the other way around. You're not going to be yeah. banging down their door to get him off the project. Mm-hmm. You know, it is what it is. They just made Patty Jenkins the the richest female director when she signed on for the second Wonder Woman. She's getting like the biggest paycheck ever for a woman. They could they'll probably just go the they'll probably get rid of Joss and put in some female director, whether it's Patty Jenkins. I know she'll be too busy with Wonder Woman to do a Batgirl, but there's other female directors they could go after. Because that's what they're that's what yeah. they're gonna overreact and try and just appease the public. Yeah. They'll go as far in that direction as possible. So that they can't get questioned. This also brings up or the notion that Justice League was going to be given a free pass because of what happened to Zack Snyder's family. And then Joss Whedon was stepping in, who's the Marvel golden boy. Yeah. And uh, now, <laughs> now when they criticize now it's, Justice League, it's because it's of that fucking misogynist Joss Whedon that right, had it. Right. There's also an article came out last week where people were blaming 300 for the alt-right the movie Zack Snyder's the, 300 the movie that came out 15 years ago yeah well they're like uh i didn't read the whole article but it had something to do with like championing alt-right views or something like that i don't know it's just a bullshit article so i didn't really get into it but do, do they know that that movie was based on a comic book that was based on like a centuries-old greek legend <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, you try to reason with some people, but <laughs> you just can't connect the dots. So, yeah, that's a lot of uh, a lot of changes coming up in the DC universe. I feel like it's not a good start, though. If uh, they can, Warner Brothers can just can't catch a fucking break, right? Oh well, well, let's see what happens. Well, let's get into it. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? What have you seen lately, Brett? All right. Uh, from 1981. Ooh. Mommy Dearest. Mm. Starring Faye Dunaway, uh, Diana Scarwood, Steve Forrest. Directed by Frank, uh, Frank Perry. Uh, based on the book by Christina Crawford. It's about the abusive and traumatic adoptive upbringing of Christina Crawford at the hands of her mother, screen queen, Joan Crawford. And I thoroughly enjoyed this. It's a little over the top, mm-hmm. a little, uh, little campy, although I think they they intended it to be uh, Oscar bait originally, and uh, after it got a few bad reviews, they changed the marketing up to make it more of a kind of a pseudo comedy but i'd say uh you want to watch this movie eventually Ooh. so um especially if you're maybe not if you're a joan crawford fan because <laughs> uh she doesn't come off as the best uh parent in the world um she's kind of a over the top a little 
you could say abusive at times, but I, her intentions are good because um, she just she doesn't want her kids to be spoiled Hollywood brats. Mm-hmm. Um, but she takes it all too far at times. So I watched the FX miniseries Feud, Betty and Joan, mm-hmm. um, and Joan Crawford at times in that um, can be pretty high strung and uh, quick tempered, but she's not quite as high strung and quick tempered as she's in Mommy Dearest. Um, she comes off a little worse in Mommy Dearest, but especially if you've seen that Feud uh, miniseries, uh, I would recommend you go check out mommy dearest all right well big news for me i got a new leader in the clubhouse Uh oh i saw favorite movie of the year so far wind river came out a limited release uh just a week or two ago it'll be wide it might have been wide this past weekend, or at least this next weekend. Directed by Taylor Sheridan, who wrote Sicario and Hell or High Water. Wrote this as well, but this is his directorial debut. Um, stars Jeremy Renner, uh, Kelsey Asbille, uh, A-S-B-I-L-L-E. So I'm not sure the pronunciation. Uh, Julie Jones. Tio Briones, Graham Greene, I want to call out, uh, he was Kicking Bird and Dances with Wolves, and he's also in Die Hard with a Vengeance, always like that guy, uh, Elizabeth Olsen is the, kind of the co-lead, Mary-Kate and Ashley's sister, the talented one, yeah, <laughs> uh, Tonto Cardinal, Gil Birmingham, he was also in... Yeah, he was in Hell or High Water. He was Jeff Bridges' partner. Okay. A storyline. An FBI agent teams with a town's veteran game tracker to investigate a murder that occurred on a Native American reservation. So Jeremy Renner plays a hunter for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. And he's out because he'll protect people's livestock from predators. Like he'll hunt things like mountain lions and big game, you know, coyotes, Different stuff that'll fuck with you in the wilderness and your right. livestock. This takes place on a reservation in Wyoming that I guess is the size of Rhode Island and Delaware, like put together. It's a huge reservation. It's very remote. They call it like the most remote territory in the U.S. Um, and I think the population is only around like 14,000 people, something like that. So it's very spread out. Um, while he's out hunting one day, he stumbles across a dead body or a young woman. It appears as though, I mean, she's beat up a little bit, looked like she may have been raped. So he, you know, calls for help. And uh, since it's on a, a reservation, that's technically federal land. So the FBI has to respond. So they send Elizabeth Olson, who was the closest agent to the territory, which she was stationed in Vegas. So she's like a young agent, wet behind the ears, shows up with like a windbreaker, you know, and it's like blizzarding and cold as fuck and obviously not prepared for the elements. She's out of her element, literally, pretty much. And so that's how she kind of enlists Jeremy Renner's help to 
you know, help her track down the killer or killers. Um, that's about all I'll say about it. Other than um, Hell or High Water was one of my favorites from last year. I would say this is about on par with that. Only gripes at all. There was a couple couple minor things where you think maybe there was just a little disconnect with like the first time directing kind of like easily like fixable mistakes like not necessarily mistakes but choices you think you should have made like directing it maybe telling the story a certain way there was a couple of audio issues where there was a lot of there was certain scenes that were very quiet it was very hard to hear what people were saying and not because there's native americans i mean they didn't they didn't really have accents you know right. it was just kind of like really quiet so it was almost like mm. the sound wasn't mixed properly um theaters are always given very strict guidelines for every different movie and what volume level to play these movies and so it's never a question of oh the theaters fucked up they got there's something's wrong with their speakers or they didn't turn it up high enough like everyone puts their levels that where they're supposed to put them and sometimes you can lobby a theater to, like, I can't hear it, turn it up, but it's hard to get theaters to actually change the volume for their movies. It's just directors and film companies give directions for the audio. So they usually follow that. But um, I'm sure it'll be fine on Blu-ray, you know, home video. I'm sure the sound will be a lot better in your in your living room, at least for the dialogue, heavy scenes. And even if it's not... At least at home, you can turn it up. Mm-hmm. Then you get that loud scene, and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a great scenery. It's up in the mountains in Wyoming, snow, awesome shots of the scenery. Uh, very tension-filled at times. Kind of a slow burn at times, but he he, uh, he knows what he's doing with his writing and his directing. So expect... Uh, Taylor Sheridan to go on and do bigger and better things even. He's uh, on a roll right now. I'm sure this will be nominated for certain things. I'm not maybe Best Picture, maybe not. I'm not saying it should win Best Picture, but so far it's my favorite of the year. But it's still very early and most of the movies that the heavy hitters haven't come out yet. So I would rate it WTM soonish. Yeah, I've seen uh, some previews for that on TV and it it looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved it. So, going from your serious entry, <laughs> uh, my next one uh, from 1990, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, <laughs> starring Dice. starring Andrew Dice Clay, uh, Lauren Holly, Wayne Newton, Priscilla Presley, more stays in there. Uh, Maddie Corman, Gilbert Gottfried, David Patrick Kelly, Brandon Call, uh, best known for his role as JT on Step by Step, mm-hmm. uh, Robert England, uh, also known as Freddy Krueger, Ed O'Neill, uh, who was uh, Al Bundy, Vince Neal, lead singer of uh, Motley Crue, Sheila E., uh, there's a lot of cameos. Yeah, there's a lot of people in here. Uh, directed by Rennie Harwin. Um, a vulgar private detective is hired to find a missing groupie and is drawn into a mystery 
involving a series of murders tied to the music industry. So, Ford Fairlane is named after his car. He's got a Ford Fairlane car. Mm-hmm. And he's a rock and roll detective. And he'll let everybody know that he's a rock and roll detective. This one's pretty outrageous. It's If you're a Dice fan, uh, it's required viewing. Because uh, <laughs> it's... It's quintessential Andrew Dice Clay. He does a lot of his, uh, his, um, what do I want to call it? Um, his shtick? Yeah, a lot of his shtick. A lot of his, uh, essential material, if you will. Um, it's the Citizen Kane of Andrew Dice Clay movies. <laughs> Might be the only movies he's done. So, yeah, he, he basically, uh, gets roped into this, uh, this case where he ends up uh, trying to unweave the mystery of all all these uh, rock and roll musicians and uh, other people in the music industry are, are getting killed. And uh, it's pretty hilarious. Uh, objectively, not a very good movie. But there's a lot of funny stuff in there, um, including a car chase through a cemetery where a hearse is chasing a limousine. Uh, which is pretty hilarious. Um, a lot of other funny stuff in there. Um, like I said, if you're if you're a Dice fan, you've probably already seen it, and if you haven't, it's required viewing. You you must go see it. Um, for everybody else, I would uh, give it a last resort. Because mm-hmm. um, like I said, it's it's objectively not a very good movie, but there's guilty a, pleasure for a lot of people. There's right. enough funny parts in there that. If you just put it on, even if you're in the middle, you just get jokes, you know, joke after joke after joke, mm-hmm. um, and still get something out of it. Um, it's not necessarily something that you're going to want to seek out, but uh, yeah, if it's just on TV, preferably uncut, <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend watching it if it's on like TNT or something like that, but Mm-hmm. If it's on like HBO, I would I would check it out. But yeah, last resort for that one, Adventures of Ford Fairlane. All right. From one last resort to another, I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I saw Sandy Wexler. Yes, that Adam Sandler Netflix yeah. movie. Yes, Sandy Wexler. I think, I think he's put out two more movies since then. At least one more. On Netflix? I think so, yeah. Uh, well, this this one came out... Like in March or April? I forget what the, the newest one was, but I know he put out at least one more since then. I'm going to look at it right now because it's bugging me. Heaven forbid I miss a Netflix Adam Sandler movie. Right? He's just tearing through those things. What did he sign? Like a no, he hasn't, movie deal or something? He hasn't had one come out yet. He's in the new Noah Baumbach film with like Ben Stiller and uh, who else is in there? It's like the, I can't pronounce it. It's a Jewish name. It's the something stories. M-E, the, the Meyerowitz. Oh. M-E-Y-E-R-O-W-I-T-Z. Yeah, Meyerowitz or something like that. Meyerowitz, Meyerowitz stories. That might be what I'm thinking of. Dustin Hoffman. Because that's going to be coming out here pretty soon. That's probably what I was thinking of. Anyways, Sandy Wexler, uh, directed by... Stephen Brill? Is that his usual director? Uh, well, he directed Little Nicky. And... Because he's got one guy that 
like directed all his movies since like 1998 or something like that. No, I think I know what guy you're thinking of, but that's he did the Do Over, which is another Netflix Adam yeah. Sandler. He did Walk of Shame. Because I think he did all the Grown Ups movies. Uh, nope, he didn't. The Grown Ups is uh, I think it's Dennis Dugan. Is that his that's name? who I was thinking yeah, of? Dennis yeah. Dugan. Storyline. Actually, I'll go over the cast first because this is another one where I don't know if I've seen a bigger cast of like cameos. It's one of the bigger ones. It's like the Twin Peaks of shitty Netflix movies, for like cast-wise. Um, so it's Am Sandler, Jennifer Hudson, Kevin James, Colin Quinn, Nick Swartzen, Terry Crews, Rob Schneider, Jane Seymour, Aaron Neville, Louis Guzman, Arsenio Hall, Quincy Jones, Weird Al, Rob Reiner, Chris Elliott, Alan Covert. <laughs> you want to... You want to give Rikishi's real name? <laughs> it's like Salofa Fatu Jr. Salofa Fatu? Yeah, that's probably it. Rikishi from WWE. Well, he's probably... Was he even in WWE or is it still WWF? Well, it's the same company that just changed their name. Yeah, but I don't know if he was there when they switched names. Well, he's been back since they switched. Okay. I can't remember how long he... Anyways, uh, you know, a lot of cameos. Storyline is Sandy Wexler is a talent manager working in L.A. in the 1990s, diligently representing a group of eccentric clients on the fringes of show business. His single-minded devotion is put to the test when he falls in love with his newest client, Courtney Clark, a tremendously talented singer whom he discovers in an amusement park. Over the course of a decade, the two of them play out a star-crossed love story. And who played... Uh the singer jennifer hudson yeah her husband's in the wwe oh really yeah huh david otunga he was also on uh i love new york oh really <laughs> i think wow. he i think he might have got to the finals mm. fun fact well he wasn't one of the two brothers the chance and uh what was the other guy's name no i think he was punk i think they called him punk okay he's a big he's pretty jacked Okay. But yeah, he married uh, Jennifer Hudson. Tango? Was his name Tango? No, I think it was a punk. Uh, okay. punk. Anyways, um, the reason I'm talking about this movie is that I'm surprised I wouldn't call it a never. Um, a lot of you are probably wondering, what the fuck is he doing watching these Am Sandler movies on Netflix? Because they aren't good. I think I've seen, I've seen The Do-Over and I've seen Ridiculous Six. And... I mean, they're not good, but I just keep waiting for, I miss the good old Am Sandler from the 90s. Yeah. And he's had, you know, a couple decent movies since then. Punch Drunk Love was great, but that's also Paul Thomas Anderson and not a, it's an Am Sandler movie, but it's not an Adam Sandler movie. Right. He just happened to be in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, 51st Dates actually liked. Um, uh, uh, Funny People, I liked enough. Um, other than that, he hasn't really done anything i've liked funny people wasn't really his was it that was judd apatow movie yeah no it's, it's a little bit different kind Fif of a kind of an ensemble piece yeah 50 first dates was definitely an adam sandler movie mm -hmm. that's a happy madison production yeah but uh since they're free and i'm just like one of these days 
I think he's going to make a decent one again. I don't know why I'm thinking that, but yeah. I just keep on hoping that he'll get back to his roots somehow and like make something that I really like again. Well, even so, you'd think that there'd be enough laughs to make you not totally regret watching it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I got from here. He plays kind of a really dorky guy. He's doing another one of his voices again. It's a very similar voice to what he's done in like movies past, but uh, it didn't annoy me as much as I thought it would, him doing a voice, or at least like, like it should have. But um, it kind of worked for his character. And the cameos, especially like the first 20, 30 minutes, there, were, there was a lot of laughs. There's a lot of funny people in there. Because right. it takes place at like a wedding and they're interviewing people um, about Sandy Wexler and things like that. And they're telling stories about him, anecdotes. And there's some inside Hollywood type gags of, you know, the 1990s. There was just, there was enough jokes where I wouldn't go out of my way to see it. It's the last resort. There's a lot of problems with it. It's two hours and 10 minutes for one. That which seems, is about 30 to 40 minutes too long. Yeah, that seems way too long. Like, it's, it's longer than Apatow movie, damn near. <laughs> right. And Apatow is about the only guy that gets away with making those long comedies. Like, there's no fucking reason this movie should be two hours and ten minutes. Much less, it's even less believable that this dorky Sandy Wexler guy is going to hook up with, like, the biggest singer you know like jennifer hudson's career just takes off you know she becomes like maybe one of the biggest stars in the world like singer you know wise and like they're gonna hook up and you're like uh like you know that's what the whole movie is about like it's not a spoiler alert i mean that's in the synopsis there's so much that doesn't work yeah that it's yeah it's a shitty movie but at the same time there was plenty of scenes where i was laughing pretty hard i was like this is like if you could if he could just harness those and just make a solid, coherent movie out of it. I mean, it's not like his movies in the 90s that I liked were, like, great movies either. Yeah. It's not like people are going to teach classes on Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore or something like that. But uh, they were shorter for one. They're right around an hour and a half. Right. They're tight. I mean, he, he has and a lot of... they're pretty simple premises, too. Yeah. It's like, okay, we're going to do this, but we're going to just put jokes in throughout. Mm-hmm. A lot of irreverent comedy, which this has, too. And that's one of a lot of his, I guess, newer stuff. I haven't seen any of the grown-ups because they always, oh, they look yeah. like such shit. So I don't want to pay to watch it. I don't think I've seen any of them. I, I've seen parts of the first one, I think, but I don't think I ever watched it all the way through. Those ones just look like, you know, tax write-offs to get him and his friends free vacations. Yeah, that's pretty much what they talk about. When they do them, they're like, hey, we get to, it's a, it's a lot of fun making them. Because then he puts his uh, his kids and his wife in there, too. You know, mm-hmm. makes yeah, it, they're, makes it they're in here, affair. too. Yeah. I didn't mention them on the cast list, but they're in here. So, yeah, I mean, what I loved about Sandler on SNL and some of those movies in the 90s, some of that's captured in here, which is what I, you know, love about him. But if it was like, if it was on TV, I'd probably watch it for a while if I'm flipping through. Yeah. Depending on what part it is. Because there's some definite lulls with a fucking two hour and 10 minute runtime. But you could actually, at least, especially with, as far as Adam Sandler movies go, you could do worse. <laughs> it isn't as quite as bad as you'd think, but it's not good either. Yeah. 
And I There's think, some laughs in there. I think the bar has been lowered enough for Adam Sandler <laughs> yeah. where... That might be part of it, too. It's hard to be disappointed when it sucks. Because mm-hmm. it's like, well, I kind of expected that. Yeah. So you're just pleasantly surprised when there's, you know, generally funny things going on. Mm-hmm. And I like that the concept of it, like Netflix is like, here's money. Do whatever you want to do. We're not going to say shit. Just do whatever. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I you know, like that idea. Just let an artist be an artist. But I'm guessing that's kind of the deal he's had like the past like 15 years in his film career. I don't think anyone's given him notes, especially things like Grown Ups and stuff like that. Nobody gives a shit. Well, it's like, you, oh, he's he's in it. It's going to sell a lot of tickets. We're yeah. not going to tell him to change anything. Well, and when your production company is financing everything, mm-hmm. it's basically you got the final word, you know, on your movies. I don't know. It. It might hurt that they just, uh, they told him you have to do this, you know, X number of movies. I don't know if they gave him a timetable. So I don't know if that's forcing him to rush these through or if he's just, he wanted to do one a year or two year anyways. Because mm-hmm. I don't think he's really doing anything else. No, because he signed on for more. Like originally he signed a four picture deal with Netflix. I think that's up now or it's about to be up, but he signed on for like another three or something like that. Yeah. So there's going to be plenty more Adam Sandler Netflix <laughs> movies. Yeah. I wish he'd do more serious um, roles because I liked him in Punch Drunk Love so, so much. And actually, I, I forget, I did like him in Rain Over Me. It wasn't the best movie, but I thought it was pretty decent. Him and Don Cheadle were pretty good together, I thought. I liked yeah, it I enough. See, I didn't see that one. So. Yeah. It's nothing you have to go out of your way to see, but he played a. Uh, a man who lost his family in 9-11. Okay. And so it was kind of like he's not doing so hot in life. I, I have a feeling that he'd probably excel in some of those more serious roles, but mm-hmm. it's probably a lot more work than just going and goofing off with your friends. Yeah. And like the this new one he has with uh, the new Noah Baumbach film. Like I'm interested to see it, but I just get turned off at Noah Baumbach. Um, granted... I haven't seen the squid and the whale, which I hear is fantastic. And that's considered like his best, but I've seen Greenberg and that, uh, it sucked. And Greenberg's not good. I, I don't recognize the name. I don't think I've seen any of his. He's done a lot of indie stuff. A lot with Ben Stiller. He did another one recently, like while we were young, it's like Ben Stiller and I forget to plays his wife, but they befriend like, some like a young, young, younger hipster couple. It's like Adam Driver and okay. And I'll probably get a Greta Gerwig because he's Noel Baumbach's been with Greta Gerwig for a while, so he just puts her in all his movies. That sounds kind of familiar. I feel like I've seen that on one of the premium channels, and I just skipped over it. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe this one will be fantastic. I don't know. <laughs> Guess we'll have to see. We'll we'll see. All right, why don't you give us one more? We'll do one more. Uh, 2013, Contracted, starring Najara Townsend, Carolyn Williams, Alice McDonald, uh, written and directed by Eric England. Uh, after being drugged and raped at a party, a young woman contracts what she thinks is an STD, but it's actually something much worse. <laughs> so... Uh, this one's pretty intense. 
like it said, she, uh, this woman, she's actually, uh, she's been a lesbian for eight months, but the girl that she thinks she's, uh, you know, dating just keeps avoiding her. And then at a party that her other friend is hosting, uh, she meets a guy, just some random guy, um, who gives her a drink and then they go out and have sex in her, in his car about halfway through she decides she doesn't want to do it but he finishes anyways and then she finds out that the drink he gave her was drugged Mm -hmm. and then over the next three days she starts having some pretty severe symptoms and it's quite graphic Uh, it's uh, pretty hard to watch at times Um, I, I kind of put it on the level of the first human centipede as far as the scenes that are hard to watch as far as graphic, you know, being hard to watch, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, although it's, I thought it was a fantastic movie. Um, I would say eventually it's, uh, like I said, pretty intense. It's, it seemed pretty original. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would, I would recommend it. Um, if you're a horror movie fan, um, if you have a strong stomach, uh, if you have a if you have a weakness for for some of the more graphic content, maybe uh, you know go in knowing that it's gonna be pretty hard to watch at times. But uh, yeah, I would recommend seeing this um, WTM eventually. All right. Well, I think that'll about do it. Reach out to us. Email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Suggestions, criticisms, whatevs. Uh, follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie. Do you have your uh, DMs open? <laughs> so people can slide in your DMs? Oh, they can. The Bieber can come in at any time. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see him? He tried to pick up that gym worker the other day. Yeah, well, you got to put more pictures up, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I guess. Um, Hit me up, Biebs. <laughs> Just check, kidding. Check out our website at WTMWatchThisMovie.com. Like I said, it's still under construction, but there's still plenty of stuff you can look at, as well as all of our episodes are up there. You can download um, or listen to them right on our website. Uh, please subscribe and rate and review on iTunes and Stitcher. If you could do that, that would be a big help. Other than that, we will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. (laughs) Hey, man, you're off my case.